Hey, we're in Hebrews chapter 8. We're going to be in verse 13 today, so open up your Bibles with me, please. Good to be in the Word with you today. The Bible says in verse 13, in that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Super strong words, you know, to be saying to these converted Jews. And, you know, clearly, you know, he's talking about the contrast between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, and that God himself said, I will establish a new covenant. And so let me just say a couple of things real quick. I don't want to be super complicated about this, but when it comes to interpreting scripture, you know, one of the best ways that you can understand how to interpret scripture is to go back to scripture itself and see how those who wrote the scripture actually interpreted the scripture. And so you'll notice here that the author just, you know, is, is a simple interpretation. You know, the Bible says what it means and it means what it says. There's no uh, deep, hidden meaning here that he's searching for. This is not like an allegorical approach to interpreting Scripture. He just simply says, hey, God said a new covenant was coming, and that's what it means. A new covenant was coming, and... If he was going to establish something new, that means that the previous one uh, is, is obsolete. He doesn't say that, you know, it's going to be partially in effect. I use a very strong word. He's, he says, it is obsolete. And then, you know, he appeals to their own personal observation. This was clearly written before 70 AD, which is when the temple was destroyed in Jerusalem. But he appeals to their own uh, observations, and he says, you can see it yourself. You know, there's a waning influence of um, the Old Testament mosaic system. And so not only does he uh, appeal to what God says, but he appeals to their own ability to make observations. And, you know, in that, you know, simply what he's saying is don't go back. You know, don't go backwards. Don't return to uh, the thing that you had before. There is, let me just say it like this, there is no going back. You are going back to something that doesn't even exist. It had a purpose. It was pointing towards the real thing that God was going to do. But now that the real thing has come, it no longer has a purpose. Why would you go back to that? And, you know, I think this is good for us to remember, not that we would go back to Judaism because, you know, for the most part, um, you know, the vast majority of us are Gentiles. We're, we're not Jews. And even if we were, there's no real Old Testament system to go back to because there are no sacrifices that are being made in the temple. But you have a past. You have a previous. You have a thing before the new covenant and I'm not sure what that is for you. You know, maybe it was a, another religion that you were um, involved in or engaged in. Maybe it was just agnosticism, or maybe you were an atheist, or, you know, maybe the religion of your life was just oriented around sin, you know, and satisfying the desires of the flesh. And, you know, this admonition that he gives here stands for all of us. Don't go back. Don't turn back to the things that your life was engaged in before you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. You know, in John chapter 6, there's this story, you know, Jesus says some pretty challenging words to his audience. 
And there were a whole bunch of people that considered themselves to be disciples who they walked away. Like they, this is what the scripture says, they left. And so Jesus turns to the 12 and he says, hey, are you guys going to leave as well? And Peter, you know, really speaking on behalf of the other disciples, because he was their spokes, he was, he was their spokesman in a sense, he says, where else are we going to go? Who else has the words of life? Like, what are we going to go back to? What are we going to turn back to? None of the things that we had in the past even come close to what we have with you now in the present. It's just good to remind that because, you know, the devil is always uh, right there over our shoulder speaking those words about going back, going back to the things that were, you know, trying to convince us to view the things that we used to have through rose-colored lenses as if they offered us all of these great things and life is so hard now and it would be better if we just went back and you know he for sure was speaking that to the Israelites when they were uh, just redeemed and rescued out of Egypt you know and they were in the midst of their difficulty and and that's what they said. They said, man, what have you done to us, Moses? Why did you bring us out here to die? It would be better for us to go back into slavery and to have leeks and onions and garlics. I mean, you know, our mindset, when things get difficult in our life, our mindset can become so skewed and confused. And I think that just returning to what Peter said is, is so strong, you know, where else are we gonna go? Who else has the words of life? Answer is no one. Today, maybe you've been tempted to look back, to look backwards, to go back to something, uh, you know, that you were rescued out of, that you were saved from. And I want to encourage you today to press on, to be established in your hearts, to walk with the Lord with all that you have, to be patient, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And you know, even in the midst of great difficulty, He is able to take those challenges in your life and use those things for His good. Let's walk with Him with all of our hearts. Father, thank you so much. Today we choose to just set our eyes on Jesus and to receive today the words of eternal life that come through Him and Him alone. It's in His name that we pray. Amen. Have a great day.